0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. I'm super excited and almost to a, a little bit nervous today because I have a guest who is near and dear to my heart. And let me give you a pre-warning that somewhere along the way, I might cry or she might cry or we both might be crying. We both might cry. So I'm going to introduce you in a second to Elizabeth DiAlto, who is the creator of Wild Soul Movement, which is really A women's movement, but also a movement practice that is about getting into out of your head and into your body. And the reason why I'm so excited about this interview um, and, and doing this particular podcast is because this has been and continues to be, to some degree, one of my biggest challenges. You know, and navigating my own growth and development over the last few years. You know, getting out of my head, which and into my body, was a struggle for a number for a number of years. Not for a number of years, probably my whole life. And so meeting Elizabeth and doing some work with her really has helped me change that. put it this way, before I started doing the Wild Soul Movement work with Elizabeth, my body was literally this thing that carried around my head. And I didn't really pay that much attention to it, even though, and I know now it was talking to me the entire time, but I wasn't paying attention. So Elizabeth and I met like, well, five years ago now, Holy cow, five years ago now. And, you know, when I knew my life wasn't working the way that I wanted it to work, I knew that I had to show up differently in my life if, the, if anything was to change. And I came across Elizabeth online and I hired her as my very first coach ever. <laughs> uh, I remember being so nervous and excited about the prospect of what was good at working with you, but also with in the prospect of what was about to happen in my life and what was about to change. And it really did change quite dramatically. And since then, uh, Elizabeth has continued to be a mentor and a guide of mine. I've done her wild soul movement workshops. I've done her teacher training. Um, you know, she with everything that she puts out into the world, you know, there's always huge nuggets of truth and wisdom in it. And although Elizabeth, and you, as for those of you who are watching, if you can see her, she's obviously not an old chick. <laughs> But I have to say, I'm going to name her an honorary Old Chick because she is one <laughs> of the wisest women that I know. So, welcome to the Old Chick Snowshit Club, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you. We could put soul in the brackets, right? I have so many friends who are like in their 50s and they're like, You're like 90. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's true. The one of the wisest women,
0: despite your age, one of the wisest women. So today I want to have this conversation about um, self-trust and embodiment because I feel like this is an area that a lot of women, well, a lot of people in general struggle with, but women especially, uh, because we have been so conditioned to prioritize external cues over our own internal cues Mm -hmm. about our looks, about how we show up in the world and everything. And then, You know, when you get into the old chick territory and then you're navigating maybe you know the throes of menopause and feeling like you know, extra need to prove yourself, or maybe that even that your body's betraying you, I think self-trust becomes even, you know, a deeper, a deeper issue. So I want to start with something that I've heard you say a number of times, and that is the phrase that self-trust is the biggest problem that people don't know they have. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and what that really, what that really means?
1: Yeah. So I really started harping on that in 2018 after five years of doing the Wild Soul Movement work because in, so I now call the whole curriculum the arc of power, but what used to be the curriculum for the original Wild Soul Movement virtual program had four topics, surrender and release, trust and receptivity wild dreaming and desire, which this year I'm actually swapping that for passion and purpose and love and truth. And I noticed that people would always get stuck at trust and receptivity. And so many women, private clients like you and so many other women who I've always attracted women who, especially in my private work, who were like a decade or two older than me, because that's when they were really bumping into these crossroads of like reaching this place. And I think, you know, I, I turned 36 in September and, but, but I women in their 40s always tell me there's just something about hitting 40 where you start to care so much less about what other people think because you really kind of know yourself, True. and then you know fifty and beyond, it just gets it just it's so different because the time that you spent in your own skin and like doing things and living life and going yeah. through all these different phases and stages, whether you're a parent or not, whether you had a career or not, and you know all all these other full spectrum experiences. But the thing I noticed across the board, no matter like our age range in my work, nineteen to seventy-two. Whoa, love it. And this is the thread, though. It's like there comes a point in a woman's life, especially in our current culture where there's so much noise, so much going on, social media, access to news 24-7 now, and videos because everyone has a camera, Yeah. that someone starts to go, what have I actually been listening to my whole life? Like whose rules have I been following my whole life? Like anyone who like wakes up, right? And for some people it takes – empty nesting that's what it is right and then it's just like you and your spouse or you on your own if you're a single parent being like okay my whole life has been defined for the last two decades by this child or these children and now like what the hell so Mm -hmm. um or a career someone's in like a career transition like you came to me a career transition was part of it right coming out of a relationship like kind of not that fresh out of a divorce so you know there's all these kind of like transitional things that start to happen where a woman might be like, what the hell? Who the hell have I been listening to? Where's my voice in this? Where am I in this? And because we're so cultured and conditioned as women in general to listen to established authority outside of ourselves, whether it's the men in our lives, whether it's the patriarchs, whether it is institutions, communities, organizations, religions, culture, things like this, it's... Across the world, across cultures, most of it is male-dominated, regardless of how anyone gender identifies. So it's like, where have we been putting our trust? And facing the discomfort of life situations that go, huh, this actually isn't aligned for me. Whether someone has the word alignment or not, right? right? Something feels off. That's usually what starts it, right? Something feels off. And so that's when I noticed, if people had the tools – of discernment, right? If people were really connected to themselves and trust their senses, their feelings, their emotions, their states of being, right? Anger comes up, grief comes up, resentment. If people were using these things as cues and trusting that that's actually like wisdom and intelligence arising to point you towards something that you need to know and trusted that, Like that's where that's where this work happens So that's where I really started to see after working with women for like five years straight in this kind of capacity That it's the self people don't realize that it's because they don't trust themselves because they're farming out Their shoulds and supposed to's and their paths and their trajectories to other people's ideas ideals beliefs and worldviews That they end up out of alignment
0: Yeah, that is so true because when I first came to you, if you'd asked me if I trust myself, I probably would have said, oh, sure, to some degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it wasn't until like, I really started to get into the work that <clears throat> I started to realize all the ways, like I wasn't even fully aware of all the ways that I wasn't trusting myself and all the ways that I wasn't listening. Because if I look back, and you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. if I look back, there were so many clues and signs along the way. You know, that like, as far as my career goes, you know, my health, like everything that kind of happened to me in and around the age of 50, all of the things that happened, there were signs along the way
1: that I just did not pay attention to. Um, Because you didn't know, right? That's part of it too. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know because no one teaches us.
0: That's exactly right. And to your point is like, I was focused on, okay, my career says I need to do this, this and this. I need to get to the gym to look this way. I need to do, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Another thing that you said, which I, I find um, interesting as well, too, I think you said something like confidence comes from evidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that the, I think I've, I don't know if I said yeah, that. And
1: I got that from a mentor of mine many years ago who I no longer align with that person's work, so I don't use their name, but I do always like to say I did not make that up.
0: Right. Okay. But your, to your point that you just made, it's like, if you have a whole lifetime and I had like 50 years of not listening to yourself, like how could you possibly trust.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Cause you just have no practice and no training. Right. So how do you, so
0: how do you advise women? Like, where's the place to start in terms of, you know, creating that self trust? So it is about building, you know, a body of evidence that, that I can in fact trust myself. Where mm-hmm. do you advise women to go or what to do
1: in terms of place to start? So I'm going to approach this this way with your people, because I imagine if people are attracted to you, they're probably similar to you in some way. So, and and I am, and I think this is why you were attracted to me. I have, and I know you have, very analytical minds, very active minds. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But if, so if your mind is very analytical, where you might want to start is literally make a list. One of the practices that I know you've done with me before is to look at two different sides of the same coin list out for yourself all these times that you had like a gut feeling, like an instinct or an intuition, call it whatever you want to call it, right? But you had a feeling that something was off and you ignored it and what happened. Right. And then make a list of times where you had a feeling like that and you listened to it and what happened, right? Because often we can look back and go, oh, I knew that that wasn't that wasn't right. Like, Can I tell you how many women over the years I've worked with and met in whatever capacity that told me the moment that they were about to walk down the aisle, something in them was like, I shouldn't be doing this. Wow. Big moments. Big moments, right? Yeah, um, and all kinds of things. There's actually been studies and reports as well of women who were who've been assaulted in all kinds of contexts, where like there was a moment of knowing, like I shouldn't walk down that street, I shouldn't like, and they just they just ignored it or didn't register it. But then in retrospect, they were like, I knew. I knew, you yeah, know, we so, and know. this isn't, yeah. this is not, and I want to bring this up because actually I had this come up for someone this year in power when we did this exercise, this isn't to make a, a list of reasons to beat yourself up and to go, why didn't I listen to myself? This yeah. is for you to be like, oh, I was right. I could have listened to myself. So we're never about beating yourself up, but just looking and going, huh, I was right. Right. Yeah. Because that's just evidence. Like, yeah, you can, like those instincts, like those impulses, those intuitions, those hits, accurate. Right. So if you're more of an analytical person, start in the analytical place. Right. Right. And another option I always offer for people is, you know, embodiment. This is all of my work, like this yes, no truth practice. Start to observe yourself. What does yes feel like in your body? What does no feel like in your body? And what does truth feel like in your body? And truth is just resonance, right? It's these things like you're watching a sunset and you're brought to tears, right? Or you see a work of art or you bump into someone and it feels like you've known them forever, right? Or something like gives you goosebumps and just these things that are going, hey, pay attention to this. Like this is meaningful to you. This is important to you, right? The sunset might be like, "Ah, I should do this more. I love nature. Nature makes me feel connected to God or something bigger than myself or you know, whatever context people want to put that in. Or the person, sometimes it's like, I don't know why this person keeps showing up in my life, but maybe I should at least investigate and see why and see what's there for me. Or these types of things, information, stories, like, why does it feel meaningful to you? Why is it resonating, you know? And then the yeses and nos, again, like your body is constantly communicating Mm -hmm. to you, yes and no. And that's discernment, right? Because, and especially to go back to the analytical mind folks, the mind wants to judge everything, right? The mind wants to constantly evaluate. That's what judgment is. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. She sucks. I'm better, She's better than me. But like, like all these different things, discernment is just yeses and nos. Yeah, for sure. But Move I towards it's, that thing or don't. But the
0: important thing is learning what that feels like for you. Because mm-hmm. um, I know for myself, it took me quite a while to figure out that, oh, my tight chest means this or butterflies in my stomach mean that or, or what I call the tears of truth, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I cry, I've hit something that's true, good or bad. And so recognizing those cues, now I know them. Like now I know them and I can spot them happening like the second it happens. But it took some time for me to really, and I imagine this is true for a lot of people to like really work into that. Yeah. You know, and I think for a lot of women who distrust their bodies, you know, after you've tried to beat your body into submission to look like it's supposed to look like on a ma- in a magazine, or you know, maybe you're going through menopause and you're gaining weight or you're having all of these other symptoms and things like that. It can be really hard to say, okay, okay, I'm going to put my trust in this body, which is giving me all kinds of mixed messages right now.
1: Totally. And I want to make a really important point about this. Yes. Sometimes when people don't trust their body or they feel like their body is betraying them, your body is never betraying you. Your body is betraying your ideas about what it should be doing. Ooh right? So, we, so many people have it backwards. They have these ideas about what their body should be doing, how it should look, how it should be, how it should feel. And if it doesn't, they're like, how can I get it to do that? Versus the wild soul way is we put our body's wisdom first and then we use our intellect to go, okay, how can I let this brilliant mind serve as body? This is right. super wise. And a lot of that, the part that makes it hard where the disconnect happens is all of this social and cultural programming and conditioning we have about what's right and wrong, and best and good and bad, right? Audrey Lorde calls this these mythical norms. Right. When I was, I remember growing up, and I would just like you said, see images of women in magazines. It didn't occur to me for many years that like that woman's bone structure is different than mine. Like, there's like I'm freaking five foot three. Like, I have a short torso. Like, there's no amount of exercise I can do or Pilates or yoga that's gonna make my midsection look like Adriana Lima's, because she's like five foot ten. It's shaped <laughs> yeah. entirely. Different. like It just doesn't make any sense, but we don't make these connections. Right. We go, well, that's better. That's what I think someone wants.
0: Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, I just read somewhere that we're bombarded by something like 30,000 messages a day in very, from various Wild. places in the course of our lives about what our bodies, are like, or what the definition of beauty is. Mm -hmm. And it's no freaking wonder, right, that, you know, when our bodies start to change at whatever stage of life, we start to try and fight that because, oh, my God, now I'm not going to fit in anymore and, you know, we need to belong.
1: (laughs) And, you know, and there's, I want to say something, again, like I'm not in menopause or perimenopause or anything like that yet, but I've worked with so many women who are in it, have gone through it. And there's also, I want everyone listening to this, if you're in that experience right now, to take into consideration how it's packaged and sold to you. How it oh, is yes. gonna go and how it's gonna be. Because exactly. just like women having periods, for anyone who has bled in their life or knows what that's like, how is that packaged and sold? It's packaged and sold like it's a friggin' nightmare. Yeah. And just plug it up and figure out a way to not let it get yeah. in the way of your life. Yeah. Because, you know, I I saw something hilarious recently where it was like a little boy asked his mom if he could get tampons and she was like, oh, what, why? He was like, well, I want to go surfing and I want to rollerblade and like, (laughs) this kid thought that tampons helped you do these things because that's what the commercials look like. Oh, my God. That is is so good Rather than learning how to honor the cycles and seasons of your life and being like, okay, if i'm bleeding I should Slow down. I should relax. I should like honor this time, right? And so when people go into menopause, it's this like beautiful amazing transition into just like a different phase and I even had I don't know if you listened to it, because I, I feel like you might have said something to me about it, or I might be confusing you with someone else. But I had a woman named Betsy Blankenbaker on the podcast not amazing, too long ago. Amazing, amazing. Okay, everybody listening,
0: go to the Truth Telling podcast. Okay, you listen to And it. listen to that podcast with Betsy. So yeah, good.
1: because so Betsy um, is someone who had a history of sexual trauma. And who literally had never, she had four children and had never had an orgasm in her life. And um, at 46, I think it was, she decided to start studying her own orgasm and pleasure. And so she went on like this whole experience. She has books, autobiography of an orgasm. Um, she has anthologies where she has other people share their stories, autobiography of our orgasm. She, beyond O, like where she a couple years later talks about, you know, where she's at with things. And then so now, well into her 50s, uh, one of the things that she talked about was like she just decided that I'm just not going to buy the menopause narrative. Mm-hmm. She just decided no. And so she ha- hasn't had any of the typical experiences that a lot of people yeah. report. quit. So it's fascinating. I mean, there are hormones, there's physiology, of course, like everyone's body is going to be different, but also really fascinating to see how in the mind people decide that something is going to be a certain way or not. And that does actually impact how it goes for you.
0: Absolutely. And I've talked to many other women who have had the same experience where it's just like, it's not going to be an issue and they don't. But then on the flip side of that, and for me, I mean, I honestly wasn't thinking about menopause at all, but it was like a two by four to the face. But for mm-hmm. me, it happened the way that it happened because it had to stop me in my tracks. Like mm-hmm. I was going down a path that was not sustainable. Yeah. And my body knew that. And so my body said, Whoa, sister, we're putting a stop right here. Right. Totally. And that's when the wheels fell off. And you know, I think it's Christian Northrop who talks about this that, you know, the the length and depth of your menopause symptoms are directly related to how out of alignment you are with yourself. Wow which is super, super powerful. And for me, that was 100% true.
1: Like if that has really confronting. And I want to say to anyone listening, like don't feel shamed by that. It, it's literally just like, it's just yeah. how it is. And again, we said this earlier, because there's so much we don't know we don't know about our own bodies.
0: Right. And the question I ended up coming around to, which took me a bit of time was, okay, why is this happening for me this way? What can I yeah. take from you it? Know, what can I learn from yeah. it? Right? Because my body is quite obviously telling me something.
1: And um, that's a very trusting, absolutely. accepting approach, right? Because part of self-trust has to be self-acceptance, right? Yeah. It's, it's facing things and going, well, this is undesirable, but how can I love and accept myself anyway? Anyway, exactly. Even though this is happening, right? Because okay. I think we can all agree that no one's ever shamed, blamed, or beat themselves into Mentally berated themselves into the result that they wanted in any kind of sustainable way as much as we have all tried <laughs> yeah, that shit It just not worked. doesn't yeah. not a long-term solution maybe short-term but then I I also believe that you could get short-term results that way which will ultimately set you back in the long run because 100%. At some point you're gonna have to like face yourself and learn to be kind and loving to yourself and clean up that stuff Yeah, you can't hide from yourself yeah no, no, you just literally can't it's going to come out of one way or the other
0: um and the other thing just going back to your um to your comment about like the tampon commercials this is my my number one pet peeve in life is every time you see a commercial that has a woman like over 40 45 like in the 50 range therefore bladder leakage protection meal supplements and various different things and i'm like oh wow who's aspiring to that exactly like where are the the where's the narrative that shows you know the woman coming into her own, the woman kicking ass in the second act of her life. Like, why aren't we showing, why aren't we depicting more of that? So it's no wonder people are dreading menopause. It's like, oh my God, I'm going into bladder leakage protection territory, right?
1: Oh like- this is why I love, love, love women like Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Aniston, Tracy Ellis Ross, Christina mm. Applegate, Gabrielle Union just turned 47. And for Halloween was her, like, teenage cheerleader character from Bring It On. You know, like, those are the people. I've, and J-Lo, come on. Now, let's also be realistic that these people are celebrities. They're multi-multi-millionaires. They have access to all kinds of self-care and, who knows, stem cell injections and things that, like, right. average folks like us might not. But still, they are out there going, it just isn't, this isn't the, yeah. the narrative. No. Just No. Yeah.
0: And the tide is turning for sure. But you know, we need to see more of, as w- women who are aging, we need to see more of ourselves represented in, totally. in, everyday, in everyday life because it's easy to dismiss when it's on the big screen and it's like, oh, well, just like you said, right? That's not real because it's not my life. But we, we need to do that. And that's my hope with this podcast and with the work that I do is that we can see more of that out there. Totally. So, I can yes. aspire to, you know, as, you know, if I'm in my 40s or in my 30s, I can aspire to, oh, my God, look at that woman in her 60s or in her 80s. Look, how amazing is that? I'm so looking forward to it. Look at all the benefits of it as totally. opposed to spreading it, right, and
1: creating that kind of a mindset. Do you follow Laura Belgray? No. She just wrote a post um, that I was reading yesterday about how she didn't really hit her stride in her work until she, she turned 50 this year. Mm. And so she's saying how she, like, just – literally in the last like two years hit her stride finally. Oh, wow. And she's been doing, she's done so much. And this isn't just about career. Like this is about anything, right? Like yeah. it requires, because there's an Amy Poehler quote somewhere that says something about how much time it takes women to unlearn everything they've learned to apologize for. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Right? So That's it takes true. a lot of trial and error and it's, it's scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, it is scary. And, you know, and it's true, like, how, you know, we we become more confident, like you said, you know, she's stepping into her stride, you know, her her career or whatever, um, because she's also had the time at it, right? And the practice, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's now lived the experiences and made the mistakes and done all the things. And we, we tend to discount that a lot, Mm -hmm. right? But the closer we come to our authentic, more authentic selves and accept ourselves, like you just said, like, I can trust and accept myself the easier it is for us to finally find our groove. And I I feel like a walking example of that, like a complete walking example of
1: that. And so much of it comes back to being in the body because you actually feel your vitality. You feel alive. Like I, you know, and again, my age range is different, but one of the experiences that I share with, I know some women in perimenopause or menopause can relate to is weight gain. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I went into, I moved across the country. I got into an abusive relationship and like, there were just like all these factors. And I, I also shifted out of a career in fitness. So there were all these factors that contributed to, I gained like 30 pounds over the course of three years. And that is when I got more deep into my self-love, my body love, my self-trust, this body of work. Part of it was because my body went from being something that was like more socially and societally sanctions, acceptable and ideal to something that wasn't. And I was like, well, F it, like I'm not gonna, I didn't, I literally didn't even have the energy to like torture myself over it or try to get it to be different. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna love myself anyway. And I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: it's, I mean, that was exactly my experience. I gained 30 pounds over three years starting, you know, with, with menopause, I went from being like super fit gym rat to gaining 30 pounds and it it was another lesson to me about self-acceptance and that one was a tough one because a lot of my identity and I will say this honestly mm-hmm. my identity was built around external factors so yep. it was built around my career you know which I ended up having to leave was forced out it was built around being a wife and a mother it was about being fit it was about all of these things it was even about how much money I made it was that all the was roles, right? Yeah, exactly. And then when I got to this place where literally none of that existed anymore, where I had to be, okay, so now what? Like, what? what Who, do am I do? I? Who am I? And the only thing I control right now is my self acceptance and my self love. Totally. And, and let me not, let me emphasize that that was not an easy place to get to.
1: <laughs> I remember like, I was there. <laughs> I was just. <laughs>
0: You had a front seat to that show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was not an easy place to get to. And so I don't want to,
1: you know, oversimplify it. Oh yeah, just love yourself and everything's going to be good. But well, and that's what the embodiment, the embodiment practice of self-love is a real felt, legit experience. And I also want to just acknowledge anyone listening that like even, you know, Jennifer and I here in what are bigger bodies for us now, still culturally or not, we're still small people, you know? So like, any range of whatever is the shape or size of your body here, I just want to acknowledge, like, I know we're using some numbers. I know those things could be triggering for some folks. Yes. We're not saying this for the sake of comparison, like relatively in our own experiences. Yes, That yes. was, a, that was a shift that still um, yeah. was disorienting for us.
0: Yeah. So can you talk about, because for me, I always feel like, or I got to this place where I don't, and maybe I might be wrong on this. It'll give me your opinion. I don't think you can get to a place of self-trust without self-love. Would you agree with that?
1: I mean, so I gave a talk at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in 2017 that they keep in their curriculum. And so every year, I think they have people go through their program twice a year, and I get an influx of messages and DMs and Instagram people following me from this untamed self-love talk. And I gave, like, for me, the formula to self-love was self-acceptance, Self-awareness, self-knowledge, self-trust, self-acceptance, and self-respect. So it's in there.
0: Oh, interesting. So it's built in.
1: It's built in,
0: right? So self-trust becomes before self-acceptance. Well, that
1: that I was just giving you the things they don't come. I will say though, I do believe honestly that the step that has to come before, like self-awareness, awareness has to come first. And then getting to know yourself and accepting yourself go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Because how can I accept what I don't know?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So learning who I am and how I'm built and yeah. then accepting that, right? Which, which looks like accepting, there's some stuff I'm just not good at and I'm not going to be. Right. <laughs> rather than trying to force myself, Yeah. you know? Um, I forget where it was the other day. Um, I read something about like, it's not about forcing, it's about gentle determination. Like, yes. Even with, I'm going to accept the things that I'm not good at, I'm going to ask for support. You know, I'm going to like see where I can fill in my shortcomings with, you know, other people because we need each other. We're not an island. That's acceptance, right? Receptivity requires acceptance too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's interesting. You know, and then trust can come because trust requires so much practice, Mm -hmm. so much practice, you know? And so they all, I mean, they're all happening side by side, they all feed into each other and, and overlap and intersect. But I, I, I actually believe like awareness, knowledge, and acceptance kind of have to come first.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And awareness At least the base can, level of it, you know?
0: Right. And awareness can be quite confronting, like <laughs> I, have,
1: I have to say.
0: <laughs> like that's humbling. probably the, the hardest part is like, oh yeah. Very okay, humbling. Here's this thing <laughs> that I've been trying to pretend doesn't
1: exist and mm-hmm. here it is,
0: right? And I yeah. acknowledge that. Right. Yeah.
1: And then the feelings, right? Like there's so much that grief, grief, regret this year in power. So one of the reasons why we're shifting to passion and purpose from wild dreaming and desire is because that's just coming up a lot more. People mm-hmm. feeling like, why am I here? Who am I? What right. am I doing? You know, right. um, whether that's a career question or just like a life question. And there's too many people out there trying to get folks, like, turn your passions into your purpose. And people are, like, draining their lives, trying to, like, monetize things that should just be things that bring them joy, you know? Right. But when we got to Wild Dreaming and Desire this year, I also realized um, I can't believe how much grief was coming up for people and regret for, for the dreams and the desires that they disconnected from many, many years ago, decades ago, that, that have gone unfulfilled. And I think people often think it's too late. It's, it's, it's tr- it really is never too late. Never. But that requires some acceptance and trust too. To yeah. be like, okay, I'm going to trust that if this is still like a dream, a desire, or a passion of mine, I should at least investigate that because there's, yeah. coming back to what we said earlier, there's resonance there. There's truth there for me.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I truly believe, you know, if you are given a dream or a desire, like you're given that for a reason.
1: Yeah. Like you you at least tug that. the
0: thread. Right. Exactly. So you have to at least open the door and peek inside, you know, yeah. to see what's Something else that you say all the time, um, it's part of your work is everything you've ever needed has always been inside of you. Yeah. Okay. That's like my most favorite phrase in the world and I use it all the time. You know, whenever you're searching for answers, whenever, you know, I find myself looking outside of myself for something, whatever it might be, the answer to a question for consolation, for validation, for whatever that might be. I literally return to that phrase because it just reminds me that there's something that I need to be paying attention to inside myself. First of all, before I start going to the, but it's an automatic reaction, right? It's like, Oh, go outside. And
1: then that's the key. First of all. Right. And you know, how I like to think of this fairly often. I find myself in my home and I'm hungry and I'm like, ah, like my, my, my thumb wants to go right into my phone and right to like Uber eats, you know, (laughs) or let me like run out to like whatever. And I'm like, let me just look in my own fridge and freezer and cabinets first and see what's there. And so often I can absolutely find something in my own house. A hundred percent. And sometimes I'm like, nope, I do. I need to go to the grocery store or let me order something. It'll be quicker. You know what I mean? So this is the same, like what you're just saying. Yeah. Look, Just looking first. What do I have? Where am I already resourced? Where am I fully capable? Where do I have this? Right? And then, of course, there will be some stuff. Oh, no, let me, I need some help from someone else. Or, ah, oh, now let me go yeah, research yeah, something. Exactly. Let me grab a book, you know? Yeah. But, but look in first. First and last is actually what yeah. I always say.
0: Or those times, you know, where I find myself, I'm not hungry, but I'm standing in front of the fridge with the door open and I'm looking for something, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not hungry. Okay, what is it I'm looking for? I'm looking to fill it with something inside my fridge, right? And you know how many times I've, like, closed the door and be like, okay. No, hand on heart, hand on belly. What is it exactly that you need right what do now? I actually, right? Need. But it's, totally. not, it's not it's not in the fridge.
1: I'm telling you, it's not in the it's fridge. Not in the, freaking fridge. <laughs> yeah. the other part of this is, you know, the specific phrasing on purpose, everything you've ever needed has always been inside of you. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's just a reminder that we all come in bursting with love, perfect little beings, right? Untraumatized, unfazed, unprogrammed, yeah. unconditioned. And then we we get all that stuff loaded on top of us by our families of origin, by our culture, by our schooling, by whatever. And this isn't to like blame, 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 and point the finger, but it's just, again, this is why we don't know what we don't know in so many cases because we've just been culture trained, programmed, conditioned. So unpacking that and peeling back the layers then gives us access to what's real and what's true, what's innate, what's wild, what's natural inside of us, and then we could decide do yeah. we want to shift, change, grow around this, embrace this, embody this? Do we not like it? Like, you're welcome to reject it. You don't have to. Yeah. Well, love and it. The, Right. And the fact that we have a choice, that, like you just said, like,
0: yes. love it, hate it, leave it, take it, whatever it is. Yeah. It's your choice to do what it is. But first you have to be aware of whatever it is. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. Can you talk about the relationship between trust and power? hmm um, Yeah. I, 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 this is, I think this is a very nuanced one, but I, like, I know there's important connections there and I know it from my, from my own experience. But can you talk a little bit about kind of your experience and your work with that?
1: Yeah, so when we talk about power in Wild Soul Movement work, it's about personal power. Yes. And it's about power. Like there's a reason why in that, in that arc of power in that curriculum, love and truth come last because like that's the anchor. I don't believe it's real, genuine, authentic power if it's not rooted in love and truth, right? Because part of love is compassion and kindness and forgiveness and like acceptance and a lot of these things we've already talked about and truth that that points you towards your truth, your inner wisdom, your alignment, who you are, how you're built. And so that's what I'm talking about, by power, right? There's a, I love Jimi Hendrix, one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix quotes ever says, when the power of love can overcome the love of power, the world will know peace,
0: Yeah, that's a brilliant
1: line, isn't it? It's a brilliant line because, and it it also reminds us that in that context and often power is meaning these really crappy, dangerous uh, expressions of power that are rooted in systems of oppression where it's power over, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like this universal, again, love and truth, real, genuine, authentic power, personal power, collective power, considerate power power, right? Where no one has to lose. No one has to be worse off for someone else to have power. Right. No one has to have less so someone else can have more, right? Real power isn't, isn't this like system of checks and balances and yes. supremacies and dominant culture and this and that and all that stuff, right? So we're talking about like real power here where like everybody can friggin' win. First of all, even that idea requires some immense trust because it's so not what we see as a majority Mm -hmm. experience day in and day out of our lives. So there has to be something inside of you. Like, and even if you're listening, you probably feel it. Like, that's like, oh my God. Like something might have relaxed or activated in you. Hearing us even just talk about this right now going, that is the way it's, I don't like shoulds and supposed tos, but when it comes to this, that is actually like how humanity, it was meant to function. And we still see it, like you see it in indigenous cultures. You see it in indigenous tribal cultures, right? Cultures that haven't, are not plugged into the matrix and mainstream and all rooted in capitalism. Right. So the trust that there is, uh, there's a book, this guy, Charles Eisenstein, the book title is like something like the more beautiful world we all know is possible. On a soul level, we Mm -hmm. all know that this stuff is real and possible and available and there's just so much work that needs to be done on an individual and a collective level if we're even going to inch towards it a tiny bit.
0: Oh, yeah. There's, so, there's a lot. Because I, and it's interesting because especially like in the corporate space um, where I come from, the term p- power is synonymous with uh, position, title, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. size of team, salary even. And I watch, I see often, and I've seen it, and I've been there, um, women struggling for those things, to make more money, to to have a position, to have a title, and nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But really what they're trying to do is to reclaim a sense of their own power through an external expression of it. Totally. And nine times out of ten, okay, I shouldn't say, let me not put numbers to this, but in a lot of cases, when they get to the place of, you know, self-love, self-acceptance, self-trust, you no longer feel the need to, yep. to grasp for that external thing. No longer need to prove it, it and now, to prove yourself, and now you're standing in your own power, in your own truth, which is far more powerful than anything external that could be given to you. And the external stuff is very fleeting. It can be mm-hmm. taken away from you at any at any time versus your personal totally. power, right? And I see women, as women get older, they start to opt out of that because they start to get themselves a little bit more confidence in who they are and things like that. And they're saying, I do not need this or I don't need to put up with what comes with this in when order People to- get tired. Well, exactly, you get burnt get out. get tired for hustling for all of it. <laughs> right, well, and that's exactly the thing, right? When recognizing that, you know, if you can stand in your own power and in your own truth and in your own acceptance, mm-hmm. you no longer need that external validation on so many levels. It could be career or other things as well, too.
1: And it just feels so good. So good. And I do also want to emphasize again, like it's, it's hard won. Like it takes work and it's not like an arrival either. Like I know you can relate to this. You can get there and then get bounced back a little bit. Sometimes depending on what's going on in the world in your world in your own family like where you are like How's your health? How's your energy? Have you been sleeping? Are you hungry? Like there's so many factors into like yeah Like some days you might feel super powerful some days you might feel super insecure again Like you know what I mean? Like it it will be But but there is like we can come to and I believe embodiment is the absolute fuel for this We can come to this baseline of like you can't mess with me. I shared something yesterday that I loved so much I could pull it up on Instagram real quick. It was just like this quick little quote that says, I don't care what I allowed in the past. Try me today. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And I added to it or don't even bother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that true? Because it is a constant evolution. Like there is no mm-hmm. place of arrival and the lessons keep coming yeah, like, you in know- different ways in, in way different ways, in, in ways you would never expect. But if you have that foundation of self-acceptance and self-trust, you know, at least like, okay, I can weather this. I can figure it out, you know, as opposed to being knocked off kilter completely, um, by whatever's going to come, because uh, I don't know, and I hope it never does, but like till the end of time, lessons are going to keep coming in all the ways you can possibly think of.
1: Right. And, you know, and something I talk about often, especially around like topics of healing, growth and transformation is there's so many, uh, because there's like these like teachings out there, like the law of attraction and things that really like drill into people. Well, what did you do to attract that? Or, you know, why, where are you vibrating that that's coming into your space? Like, yeah. listen, okay. Like in some context, there is some merit to that, but what's more important is actually if you've chosen to like be on a trajectory of like healing growth and transformation and like actively participating in your expansion and evolution of course you're going to bump into the same things over and over again to show you that you have progressed right to yeah. show you, like you have you have different tools you have different awareness like you can handle it differently so like yeah might you attract a similar kind of person again or some kind of experience that you've had yeah and instead of going oh no what's wrong with me be like cool i can handle this differently now yeah. And I got this.
0: Yeah. And recognizing that it's happening for me because there's still, yeah,
1: yeah that's totally like to I'm do. not broken or bad or doomed to have this like a frigging Groundhog Day experience, you know? I, I, this came again because I could do better now.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. But, you know, and it's true as a society and maybe even specifically as women, but we are taught to avoid being uncomfortable at all costs, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't be happy, like, smile. Like, again, my, one of my pet peeves in life. I'm like, I don't feel like smiling today. But anyway, but I'm just saying, you know, getting, um, getting uncomfortable and being uncomfortable for a minute and trusting that you can handle it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm not going to die. Nobody's going to die. It's going to be okay. And I can weather the storm and I'm going to move through it out the other side, right? And it's that kind of foundation that we all need. To, if we all had that foundation, imagine how different the world would be. <laughs> Well, this is
1: why, like you were saying, as women get into their forties, fifties, sixties, and beyond, because they've had so many experiences that they've made it through, they're like, "I could do this." I've I've done many. I've had many experiences that were like far worse or more challenging than this. So part of that confidence comes from evidence. Is just by nature of like spending more time on the field. Yeah. Weathering more storms, situations. Yeah. And it's
0: interesting because, you know, when you talk about like confidence in midlife and beyond, you know, I, I've titled it kind of the midlife paradox because in so many respects, you are far more confident than you've Mm -hmm. ever been in your life and yet so not at the same time and navigating those places like where you are and where you aren't and being able to, again, have that foundation to be able to to say, oh, this I can deal with, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like, I'm not going to get bent out of shape because this is happening or to my body or in my life.
1: Well, and do you find the places where people feel not is because they're venturing into entirely new territory? So they don't have the reference of like, oh, I've been through this before.
0: Yeah, so it's definitely that. And it's also being conditioned to reach into the external world first. And so a lot of what uh, people struggle with, especially like in menopause, I feel like is because we are going against and the societal ideal right so mm-hmm. you're no longer procreating right your body doesn't look like it doesn't like it does on the cover of that magazine you know you've got wrinkled your face is, is not the same and so now you're navigating this territory and you're looking for the validation externally that i'm still yeah.
1: okay yeah right. right so yeah and that's the type of thing that this culture is not going to give you that you have to give it to yourself and you have to surround yourself with people who are going to be like yes
0: And that is the wisdom of midlife, right, is being able to get to that place and being like, okay, I don't look like that anymore, but I am, you know, all of this.
1: I'm all these things. Right,
0: all the wisdom, the confidence, the knowledge, the everything that goes with this time of life and being able to shift into, okay, how do I use these new tools? Right? Like yeah. but before I had a certain body in a certain way and there was a purpose for that. Like it was finding a mate and having kids and doing all of that. Okay. That part of my life is over. Now I'm shifting into this part. What does it look like? And I feel like a lot of women struggle with that because there's no, A, there's no experience and there's no frame of reference in
1: yeah. the
0: external world, at least no positive one. <laughs> totally. Right? So, yeah. It, and again, my- like, and I know that
1: that's heavily like your experience and like, there's, I'm sure plenty of people here who, who didn't have that experience yes. of life. yeah. Like the body and the beauty and like that thing being like a big identity piece And so for some people that was like never a thing and they've been holding on to that forever So it's such a again, like there's so many dynamics and factors to each individual path when they get there It's this is why I will always have work And why it's like endlessly fascinating and I'll always I will always be out here like championing like any age, any stage of development, like any of that, because it's all like, it's all freaking valid. Like it all matters. And there's, there's, again, how do we kind of give our middle finger to all the cultural things we go? Yeah. I actually don't prescribe, opt out, you know, like my, I'm I'm going to go into my body. I'm going to surround myself with people who were on this wavelength and on this page. Right. And I'm going to like honor the hell out of myself. I'm going to all these things that we've talked about. I'm going to get to know myself. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to love myself anyway. I'm going to accept myself, even though this person or this magazine says this is unacceptable. Like I can choose it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So on the topic of self-trust, is there anything that we haven't talked about from your experience that you think is important for people to know?
1: I just want to emphasize, we touched on it, but I do want to emphasize like the time it takes to learn to get out of your head and into your body, right? Mm -hmm. And get out of your head doesn't mean abandon, right? The mind is brilliant. We need our intellect. It's amazing, right? But it's about creating a better relationship between body and mind, right? Inner wisdom and intellect. And so it just takes some time to like, you know, in the wild, still movement world, like be on the mat, move around, do the sensual movement, be in your body, do the embodiment practices, learn how to breathe, learn how to cut your cords and clear your energy, learn how to ground yourself so that you can be more present and oriented in your body, in the environment you're in, around certain people so you can start to map the pattern, like, I okay, got it, that type of person or this type of situation, just, that's not for me. So yeah. we can develop the discernment, like, it just takes some time. Yes. To notice the patterns. And there's some joy in that, though. There's some joy, like, I geek out on this, being like, "Ah, my body is communicating with me again. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Now I know. That
0: that is so true, because once you start becoming aware of how your body's talking to you, and you start recognizing things, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, places and situations that you've been in, all of a sudden, now you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that this was the experience I was having in this particular place. Yes. Or like you know, I used to pride myself on being a hard ass, like you know what I mean. Like I don't have time for emotion, you know. And now I cry when I watch The Voice for God's sakes.
1: Like oh my God, I love I cry at The Voice all the time. I know their families, their families, their backstage family crying. That's what gets me every time. <laughs> it's not even
0: that. Like for me, it's like watching people in their zone of genius. It's oh, just that too. like like yes. it's yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. all of a sudden, and that's when you start to realize, oh, well, I got to make some changes here because this is mm-hmm. not a good place for me to be. Yeah, uh yeah you know, and that takes but that takes time like that's a process of evolution so thank you for for mentioning that point yeah of course so, so where can people find more elizabeth dialto and power i mean i know you're on
1: yeah um so instagram is a great place at elizabeth dialto and then in the month of december here i'm going to be running an embodiment challenge so if anyone listening was like ah but how do i do all of this right i'm literally going to take five days of practices i'm going to break them down and put them together We have a community, we have a Facebook group if if you're into that stuff, or you don't have to participate in that if you don't want to, but I'll I'll literally just give you some practices so you can start doing this. Because that's the thing about embodiment work. This isn't a concept, this is a practice, right? And there's many different practices. So you could go, okay, that part works for me, that doesn't, that's doable for me right now, this one I might need to aspire to. So people want to check that out. I think we said you have a link, oldchicksnotion.com forward slash embodiment. Yes, absolutely. I will be
0: definitely heavily promoting that because that has been uh, such an epic part of my own journey. And I just think it's so, so important and so, so helpful. No matter where you are, what stage in life and delivered by you, just amazing. So yeah, I will definitely be So stay tuned for that on the, on the gram and then Facebook and everywhere else. And then in general, Um,
1: podcast Truth Telling with Elizabeth DiAlto and the website is wildsoulmovement.com. So I am not hard to find (laughs) on the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. So I encourage everybody to, you know, tune in in whatever method makes sense for you, but there are always so many amazing nuggets of wisdom. Oh Um, Yes. Are we going to, I think, were we also going to do something in your Facebook group soon? Yes, we are going to do something in my Facebook group soon. Uh, coming I up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, cool. a few weeks. All right, great. Almost a month. But yeah, we are definitely going to be doing something. So everybody stay tuned for that. So you'll see, you'll see a lot of announcements around uh, power, embodiment, and trust coming up over the next little while. So And it's yeah, a great almost. time of
1: year for it too, because around the holidays, whew.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Cool.
0: All right, Mama. I love you so much. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this time. And hey, everybody go check out Elizabeth Bialto. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.